Well, good morning, Cross Point Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing well? Could we just, uh, could we just thank the Lord this morning for our worship team here this morning? Amen. I tell you, they, uh, they put a lot of effort into going into the Christmas season, and uh, I don't know about you, but I was just sitting there thinking, boy, these, these ladies here a while ago just nailed that song as they... We're singing the little drummer boy. This is one we do most every Christmas, and it's just a it was just a beautiful thing. And I love the the whole meaning behind that song. That you know, for for a little drummer boy who has nothing to give but the gifts that God has given him to give that back. And so it's just a beautiful uh, a beautiful story, really, as we move into the Christmas holidays. And I'm just so thankful. Uh, I was telling Spence last night after our time down in Quitman that I'm just so appreciative of all that the the worship team does, and and, uh, and and especially during the holidays like Christmas and Easter, where they just put so much extra effort into it, it's just so wonderful to see and hear and, and have them just leading us in worship. It's good to see you here this morning. Uh, I'm excited about the the message here as we prepare to dive into God's Word this morning. We are finishing up this series that we've been going through for quite some time now. This has been an eight-week series going through Romans chapter 8. And, uh, and so we wrap it up today, but next week we're going to continue right into Romans chapter 9, and we're going to continue to talk about the sovereignty of God and, and really take a, an in-depth look at the sovereignty of God as we move into Romans chapter 9. I'm very excited about it because I believe that, that through these series that God is going to really use these to strengthen us and to, to, uh, to grow us spiritually, that we would become a more healthy church spiritually and, uh, and, I, and I believe that as we study God's Word together, that God will use that time to really just do something remarkable in our life as He prepares us, not only for uh, the day, each and every day of our life, but as He prepares us collectively for the future. And so I'm just really excited about, uh, about God's Word this morning, and I know that today we have a message that is tremendously uh, comforting, and it's one that is tremendously uplifting as we wrap up Romans chapter 8. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive into God's Word here together. Pray with me, if you will. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do thank you for this day. And God, what a, what a privilege it is to come into this place and to worship the way we have worshiped this morning, God, to, to lift up our voices in song and adoration and praise to you. And Lord, each and every one of us that are here today, we're just so thankful, Lord, for uh, just so much uh, that you bring to this church, the, the, the talent, the gifts that, that, that so many people have to, to carry out the mission and the vision that you have given us to be a church. Lord, we're thankful for the worship team, but we're also thankful for the life group leaders and the Bible study teachers and, and Lord, all the people that serve in all the different capacities of our ministry here at Cross Point Church. Lord, we love you and we just praise you and we thank you for the opportunity we have to just follow you, God, wherever you lead. And God, wherever you lead, we will go. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time of the year where we get to celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Savior. And God, we just, uh, we just want to say thank you for the, the privilege that we have in just knowing him. God, for, for salvation, for sanctification. Lord, we thank you for this time as we dive into your word here this morning. And I pray, Father, that this time would be a time that honors you. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. 
Last week we, we wrapped up the message with, with Paul's rhetorical question, a, a very important question that the Apostle Paul was asking. I say it's rhetorical because he wasn't expecting an answer. He was, he was throwing this question out, and then he, with all intentions, had planned to answer this question for the reader. He's writing this letter to the church in Rome, to the believers there, people who were under persecution, people who were under difficult trials in their life, people who were going through struggles each and every day, just like you and I oftentimes go through struggles in our life as well. And so he's writing this question, or this letter, and he asked this rhetorical question, and I think it's one that is, is so worthy of us just considering as we dive into the text that we're going to be looking at this morning. He asked this question, he says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Who shall separate us from the love of God? I love this question because it really gets us to thinking. You know, one of the things that we, that we know is that Christ was born in a manger, that he walked on this earth, and that as he walked on this earth, there was, there was ministry that he was doing. He had a, a specific time and a place to be here. We know that Jesus was God incarnate. He was God wrapped in flesh. We know that this baby that was born in a manger grew up and ultimately went to the cross where it was there that he would die and that his blood would be spilled for the atonement of our sins, that he would be buried in a borrowed tomb, and in three days he would have victory over both death and sin as he rose from the grave. And so this is, amen, this is who our our Jesus is, amen? This is why we celebrate Christmas, because he wasn't just merely a baby, he was our Savior. And so this morning we prepare to dive into this, to this text, and we see this question that is asked by Paul when he writes, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You know, every single day, Christians all over this world struggle wondering if God loves them. You know, oftentimes discouragement is the culprit. Oftentimes we have a rotten day. Oftentimes we have a really bad week. And, and, and as a result of that, many times discouragement can creep into our lives. And as discouragement creeps into our life, we, we begin to wonder, you know, why does our life seem to fall apart? Oftentimes we begin to wonder why the pain, why the suffering in our life. And as that begins to happen in our life, oftentimes as believers, even as believers, we find ourselves wondering, does God care? Does God love me? And one of the things that Paul is doing in this passage as he is writing to the Romans is he is looking to not just merely encourage them, but to strengthen them, to equip them in their faith. And so the Apostle Paul is writing with great intentionality that the believer may hear these words, that the believer, the follower of Christ, would hear this truth and be strengthened by the power of a Holy Spirit who dwells deeply within them. And so here we begin to see this. Discouragement affects us all. Every one of us in this room have been through times in our life where discouragement many times seemed overwhelming. Even 
pastors are affected by discouragement. Some of the greatest pastors that our history has ever known have been affected by discouragement. Martin Luther was one who often wrote of how the circumstances in his life were very discouraging to him and despair sort of crept into his life. Charles Spurgeon's was another. Charles Spurgeon's launched a ministry when he was just 20 years old and one of the things that he faced was a barrage of of criticism mainly from other pastors who were a bit jealous of the success of his ministry as his ministry grew to over 5,000 people as he preached day by day. He, he constantly received as a young man the criticism from others as he preached the word of God. And he writes often about the discouragement that he felt in his life. And so discouragement can impact all of us. From time to time, every one of us can move into places of discouragement. But we need to be rest assured that God cares deeply for us. God cares deeply for his children. And because God cares so deeply for us, the Bible tells us that he sent his only begotten son, that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And so one of the things that we see here in this letter today is is the reality that, that we may already know as followers of Christ, we certainly do, that Jesus came to this earth, born in a manger, to be our Savior. But one of the questions we may struggle with is, that, is this, is there anything that might possibly separate us from that great love that He has for us? And what we see in Scripture today and all throughout the text and all throughout the Bible is the reality that we can rest assured that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Amen. How many of you are thankful for that news this morning? That is good news. That's literally what the gospel means, good news. And this is, this is good news for us. I love what Charles Stanley says. He says, God, will, God would never discourage me. He would always point me to himself to trust him. Therefore, my discouragement is from Satan. We have an enemy who seeks to kill and destroy. We have an enemy who looks to do nothing. It would take no greater pleasure than to just mess up our lives. But yet we have a God who is much stronger. We have a God who sent his son. We have a God who gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, that we would be strengthened by the power and the grace of an almighty God in our life. This morning, the message is titled Bound, hashtag bound. And we're going to be talking about how we are bound together with Christ Jesus through redemption. We're looking at the last text of Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. I apologize for the voice here this morning. That this, this stuff has just crept into my life and it, and it, and it, and it, just, it just won't seem to go away. Uh, but this morning, I'm excited about the passage, and I'm going to try to press through as, as, as best I can here. Last week, we talked about the reality that Paul very purposefully wrote this letter, and specifically these texts, to strengthen the church, to strengthen the believer, to help them to stand firm in the faith that they have in Christ Jesus. And today's text is really a continuation of that. As we look at the text today, we see that this is really sort of a part two to what we were looking at last week as we were diving into this text. But 
but this is a, this is a continuation where Paul uh, is writing this letter designed to empower us, to make us stronger, and to give us the ability that even in the midst of trials and difficult circumstances and the hardest moments of our life, that we as followers of Christ could lean heavy upon our Savior and trust Him. And so that's the purpose behind this passage here that we're looking at. What I love about this text also is that it's really a daring challenge to our enemies, uh, specifically the devil. And so it's one of those things where I, I see it as, as, as a bit of a challenge. I mean, if, if there's anyone out there that is looking to destroy our faith, boy, I would just challenge them to read this text and see a believer who is empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to be able to stand up against them. But this is a, a passage that is no doubt one that just brings about strength as we read through it, as we are encouraged by it, as we are strengthened by it, as we find ourselves able to stand firm by this great truth. So read this with me, if you will, verse 35 through 39. The question is asked, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then Paul says this, he says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or even the sword? Shall these things separate us from the love of Christ? He continues, he says in verse 36, As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But listen, he says, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Nothing can separate us. From the love of God. That is so worthy to celebrate this morning. Because the reality is this as we go through this life, there are many times that we find ourselves in some of the most difficult circumstances. And the reality is, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves believing that something has separated us from the love of God, believing that God doesn't love, that God doesn't care. He, he is not concerned with our problems. And so this morning, I want us to really dive into this. You know, we are deep into the Christmas season. We are only five days away. I'm excited about that, spending time with family, and I, I imagine most of you are as well. But we've talked about how Christmas is that time where we celebrate the reality that the Father sent His Son to be born in a manger. We talked about the realities of, of Jesus Christ. He came into this world. We talked about how his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. As we study the doctrine of, of Christ, as we study theological issues surrounding who Jesus is, we come to realize that he is, he is God incarnate, or what we would say, God wrapped in flesh, and God walking among us. He is he is God, He is 
Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. We were looking at down in Quitman last night of the reality that He is our wonderful Counselor. He is our mighty God. He is our eternal Father. And He is our Prince of Peace. Amen? These are all the things that Jesus is. But before all of this, before all of those things, the Jesus we know was born in a manger and laid upon straw in a little town called Bethlehem. This morning we want to look at this text and we want to, we want to see what this text is teaching us and what it's revealing to us. And one of the things that we notice here is that it speaks of this truth that we are bound eternally with Christ Jesus. Through salvation, we have eternal life. Through salvation in Christ Jesus, we have eternal life. And that word eternal ought to give it away, hadn't it? Because eternal means forever. And so if we have eternal life in Christ Jesus, then what could possibly separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. And this is what this passage is going to reveal to us. I love what Romans eleven twenty nine says when Paul gets on down later. He says, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. I love that. Nothing can take away what God has done in our life. This morning, there are two ways that this passage describes that we are bound eternally with Christ Jesus. And I want us to, to look at those. I want, us, I want to share with, with you this morning what these things are. First of all, what we see here, what we notice is this, as we look at this passage, that we are bound by love. We talked about that last week in great detail. But here we see this continuing as we read through it. But here we see this verse, verse 35, that says this, Who shall separate us? From the love of Christ. Now, I don't want to dive into uh, the, this issue of love. We looked at that last week and we don't have time to go there today. But, but we, we must notice that the passage is, is talking about this relation that we have with Christ Jesus being centered around or being built around the love that God has for us. The love of Christ that he has for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he says, shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regard, regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. In other words, this life will be filled with situations that are very displeasant. Unpleasant. Displeasant is not a word. I can always, always know when I use a word or make up a word because my wife goes, Mm -mm -mm. she does that every time she's like I gotta talk to him when he gets home because he he did it again and just as soon as I said it I was I was wondering was that a good one and she affirmed right quickly no no it's it's not that's that South Georgia country boy coming out in you once again boy you need to pull back I can always count on my wife to but here we see this passage. And then in verse 37, it says, No, and all these things, Paul says, No, and all these things. And I love this. We are more than conquerors. You see, there's nothing in this world that should phase us. 
when Christ is in our life. There's nothing in this world that should overcome us when we are in this life with Christ Jesus because Christ Jesus has set us free from sin and he has released us from the bondages, the bondage of sin. He has set us free and here we see that we are more than conquerors, but look at this, through him who loved us. And so here again, we see this reality that we are bound to Christ Jesus eternally. We are bound to Christ Jesus eternally. And this is something that is very comforting to us. This is something that's very beautiful to us. But we see again that we are bound to him eternally because of this great love that he has for us. Love is the center point of all this. For God so loved the world that he would send his son to die on the cross for the atonement of our sins. For God so loved the world that he would send his son that he could draw men and women unto himself for redemption. And so here we see love being really the, the crux or the, uh, the, the, the center of, of what we come to understand as being eternally secure in Christ Jesus. I love what Charles Spurgeon once wrote. He, he wrote these words, he says, I do not believe that we can preach the gospel if we do not preach justification by faith without works, nor unless we preach the sovereignty of God in his dispensation of grace, nor unless we exalt the electing, unchangeable, eternal, immutable, conquering love of Jehovah. We must be reminded that we are saved because of a great love that God has for us. And we must be reminded that our life is secure in Him because of a great love that He has in us. God cares deeply for us. He loves us. We are His children. We are children of God. And He cares deeply for us. And we need not ever allow the enemy who seeks to kill and destroy convince us otherwise. Amen? Never allow the enemy to convince you otherwise. 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the love chapter. Oftentimes we read this at weddings and, and, and talking about relationships between people. But one of the things that's really beautiful about this is that, that the love that's being described here, described here is, is an agape love. It's the way that God loves us. The love that's being described here is that agape love. Agape love is one that we come to understand that really is centered around faithfulness and, and willfulness and commitment. It's centered around all of these things. It, it, it's the goodwill of God kind of love. It's the unconditional love that God has for us. And the word that is being used here in that, that original language is the agape love. It's, it's the kind of love, it's, it's, it's loving the way God loves. And I want to just look at this today because I think this is so powerful for us to understand as we think about the ways that God loves us. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8a says this, Love is patient and kind. How many of you are thankful that love, God's love for us is patient and it's kind. I am so thankful for the reality that God loves me, that he cares for me, 
and that the love that he has for me is patient and kind. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not uh, irritable or resentful. It does not replace a, a, a wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things, and it endures all things. Love never ends. Some translations say this, love never fails. Agape love. God's love. God's love never fails. Isn't that beautiful? As we think about the reality that Jesus Christ was sent as the Son of God, and that He sent His Son because He loved us so much, And that love is an enduring love. It's a love that exists and continues. It is a love that endures, and it is a love that never fails. And so here we come to understand that we are bound by the love of God. Secondly, what I want to point out this morning is this, that we are bound eternally. We are bound eternally. The text, again, it begins with this rhetorical question. Who shall separate us? Who shall separate us? We could ask the question, what could possibly separate us? In what way might we possibly be separated from God? The question is asked, who can separate us from the love of God? And Paul, he addresses this. He he gives these lists of hardships as we that we as God's people face. He says, he says things like this. He says, shall, we face, uh, shall tribulation or distress separate us from the love of God? You know, we, we, we might have read this passage before, but I wonder how many of us have ever really contemplated what is being said in this passage as we've read it before, as we've thought about the way life is. And I looked at that word distress, and I thought, man, I've been distressed many times in my life, and the the reality is you have as well. Most of us have gone through, but the reality is many people go through such times of distress that they begin uh, begin to wonder if God cares, and then they allow that to turn into just anger toward God. And as they do that, they begin to, to find themselves really wrestling with God. But what we see here is that, that none of these things should, should be allowed to separate us from God. We know as followers in Christ Jesus that we have a God who loves us deeply. And so here he asks the question, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness. I was looking at that word nakedness and, and thinking about that. It's not talking necessarily about being without clothes on. It's talking about having the creature comforts of this life being stripped away. If we were to stand here today and have everything that we own taken away from us, everything that we possess taken away from us, if we were to stand here today completely stripped naked of everything that we own, could that possibly separate us from the love of God? Paul says no. For the life of the follower of Christ, everything that we possess being taken away does not mean that God has given up on us. 
even in that circumstance, something that we certainly would not enjoy going through does not point to the reality that God has given up or He's quit caring. Because the truth of God's Word teaches us that He cares deeply and that He loves us eternally. And so we continue to read this and He says, uh, shall danger or sword... Finally, he answers the question. He says, no, in all of these things, none of these things, we are more than conquerors through him, meaning Christ, who loves us. So we are loved eternally by a Savior who has redeemed us. I love what Jesus says in, in John chapter 10, verse 28, he says this. He says, I give them, talking about his disciples, his followers, he says, I give them eternal life. If you will, just underline that eternal right there for just a moment. We're going to come back to it or highlight it in your, in your Bible or whatever it is that you do there. But he says, Jesus says, talking about his disciples, he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Another thing that he says in John chapter 6, verse 37, he says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. One of the things that's really amazing to me is the reality that anybody could believe that, that, that you, once God has saved you, once God has, has redeemed you, that, that somehow you could possibly lose your salvation. I believe the Bible is very clear that this is not possible because if, if we read passages, even going back to passages like John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, His only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have, fill in the blank for me, eternal life. What part of eternal can even possibly cease to exist? It can't. Eternal life means forever. That's the life that Christ gives us through redemption. Matthew Henry says this. He says, we are conquerors by virtue of our interest in Christ's victory. He hath overcome the world for us, both the good things and the evil things of it, so that we have nothing to do but pursue the victory and divide the spoil and so we are more than conquerors. How many of you this morning are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus? We are more than conquerors. You know, for most of us, Christmas is a very joyful time. It's a time of celebration. It's a time where we spend time with family. Last night down in Quitman, we were, we were gathered around the gazebo and, and we were all holding our candles as we just celebrated the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. As Spence and others were just singing some of those beautiful Christmas carols like, Oh Holy Night. And we just reflected on the reality that Jesus loved us so much that He would send His Son to be born in a manger. And so Christmas so often is such a time of celebration. It's such a time of, of joy. But you know it's not always that way for everyone. Many times Christmas is a reminder for people who may not have family to worship and celebrate with. 
Many times Christmas is a time of hardship because someone has lost their job. And as they move into the Christmas season, there's not even enough money to buy gifts, much less food or clothing. Many times Christmas is a time where joy is sort of replaced with despair for so many people in this world. And I pray that that's not you this morning. I pray that, that this holiday season, this Christmas season, that you're not, you're not finding yourself in the most difficult circumstance you've ever faced. But it is a reality to some. For those of us that are here today, where we are beneficiaries of the blessings of God in our life. And we are celebrating Christmas this year. We are, we are thankful and we are feeling very blessed because of all that Christ has done. You know, I hope that this text today would help us to, to better be able to minister to those who are feeling the despair. If you're here today and you feel the despair, I pray that that the gospel has been one of the greatest gifts that you received this Christmas. That God loves you. And that God never gives up on you. That's my prayer. You know, I was reading a story recently about a, a man named Hugh Kennedy. And Hugh was a, a believer who lived in Scotland. He was in his 90s and he was laying on his deathbed and life was about over and he asked for his Bible and his family who was there with him they reached over and they gave him his Bible and as they gave him the Bible he asked them because he, he, he was pretty feeble and he couldn't see very well he asked them if they would turn to Romans Romans chapter 8 and once they turned to Romans chapter 8, he asked them if they would place his finger on these words. For I am sure. And then he read these words to his family. He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He looked at his family and he says, I have had breakfast with you, but tonight I eat supper with my Savior. And he died. He died believing that nothing on this earth or in all the heavens could separate him from the love of God. This Christmas season, I pray that we too have been encouraged by God's word this morning. In just a moment, our band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in this time of worship as we close out the service. And I just pray that today, if you have questions that you need answers to, won't you come and speak to one of our pastors that will be down front? Or maybe you would just like to come and spend time with God at the altar, just, just asking Him to, to fill you with the joy and the celebration that should come with Christ Jesus. Or maybe today 
As a follower of Christ Jesus, you are at a place in your life where, where you know and you believe that God loves you and you know the truth of God's word that he strengthens us and that he empowers us to know and be able to trust in him. And what we know is that we have opportunities to share this great truth with others. And so maybe for us today, our greatest response to God is to come and to, by lifting up our neighbors and our family and our friends up in prayer and asking God to give them the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Asking God to help us to be able to share passages like this that can encourage them that nothing can separate them from the love of Christ. In whatever way God is speaking into your heart this morning, I pray that as we stand and sing this last song, that you will respond. Maybe for you, it's a time of just simply standing and worshiping God through the lyrics that we sing together. But this morning, won't you respond to the great love that God has for us, believing and knowing that nothing can ever separate us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for your love and your grace and God, the reality that you care for us and you love us. Father, I pray for each and every person that's gathered in this room today, God, that as we prepare to sing this last song, that we would be very intentional about seeking you, reflecting on the word that was preached, the word of God. Lord, believing and trusting that, Lord, you are, you are sufficient in our life. No matter what we face, no matter what hardships we are confronted with. Father, I pray that we would be able to remain strong, that we would be equipped to persevere. God, God even in the midst of us being stripped away of everything that we have, God, I pray that we would be able to find the strength in the truth of your word that, Lord, even in that reality, you still love us. And that you have a plan for us. A plan to prosper us. To equip us. To give us a future and a hope that is found in Christ Jesus. Lord, we love you. We adore you. We absolutely worship you in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.